0: Hi! Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we're going wall-to-wall CFL. We've got the voice of the Argonauts, Mike Hogan, to preview the East Final. We've got Julio Caravada to preview the West Final from the Lions' point of view. That's all coming up on the podcast. BC and Winnipeg here in the West Final Sunday afternoon. But the game that leads into that is the East Final which will be played in Toronto for the second straight year as we welcome in the man who will be calling the game, Mike Hogan, voice of the Argos. Mike, how excited are you for some playoff action again in Toronto?
1: Scale of 1 to 10, 108.
0: <laughs> there you go. You broke the scale. Awesome stuff. So <laughs> the, the matchup you've got this week with the Montreal Alouettes, kind of similar to what we have in Winnipeg in that they closed the season against each other. But the game tape from that last meeting doesn't really offer a whole lot of help, does it?
1: No, uh, this is, this is what, like, we had a stupid schedule this year. Here were our choices going into the Eastern final, uh, knowing that Montreal was playing Hamilton last week. We could either play Montreal for the third game in a row, or we could play Hamilton, if you include the preseason game, for the sixth time this season, which is dumb Um, So, yeah, we got Montreal for the third game in a row. Uh, The last game didn't mean anything, but the first game or second game of the season, because we played three, um, the one three weeks ago did mean a lot. Uh, Essentially, by winning that, we clinched home field uh, on on Sunday. So that game was meaningful. So the teams have meaningful video. Um, We have more on them as well because they had to play last week. So we just sat back and watched what they did. And now uh, now we'll see what changes both teams make from three weeks ago when, when the game actually mattered a heck of a lot.
0: Let's well, start at the quarterback position. McLeod Bethel-Thompson gets the yardage title in the CFL again. Not the most accurate passer. It's just under 67%. And that's towards the lower end of the regular starters in the CFL. We remember last year in the East final, it did not go well for the Argos. How much pressure is on him to deliver on Sunday?
1: oh uh, probably a lot and and nobody's putting more pressure on himself than he is uh he's that kind of guy uh he he talks about how he has to be better basically every game like he could go out and he's one of those guys though, so like if he went 28 for 31 for 520 yards he'd say i got to be better i missed three passes uh that was on me and you know he'll always try to make the teammates look better and he's one of he's an introspective guy so you know uh, can he play even better than he has so far yeah has he been I think unfairly criticized in some corners, I'll also say yes. Um, you know, a lot of drops in some instances. Um, the offensive line is now playing a heck of a lot better than it did at the beginning of the season, and this dude took some hellacious hits. The fact that he was able to stay healthy enough to lead the league in passing this year is is testimony to how tough this dude is. He's six, four, he's two and a quarter, and every every game he gets hit at least once, and you go, "Okay, get up, get up." And and he does and just kind of shakes it off. So, um, you know, uh, you guys and, and BC, you know, I think if you look realistically, probably have the best two QBs in the country um, going head to head. But I don't think Mac is as far behind them as a lot of people say he is. Andrew
0: Harris, is he back for Sunday?
1: Yep. He's in a good mood. He's uh, He and his partner just had a little baby boy this morning. So he's... Uh, He's in, in really great spirits, uh, at practice the first two days, you can tell this is a guy who missed playing football. Um, he looks like it was the first day of training camp. He's just been out there, uh, going at 110 miles an hour. Every time he touches the ball, it, 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 it's, it's really kind of strange. And I know it wasn't a lower body injury. Uh, it was a torn pec. Um, but he just, he looks so good. Um, it's it's interesting to see with A.J. Ollette playing, the other, the guy who replaced him, uh, who's been playing ridiculously well and in half a season played well enough to be the Eastern All-Star. Um, he's, uh, you know, Air, Andrew coming back, it's a two-headed monster back there. They, they can rotate. They can be in at the same time. And we've also got that kind of, you know, the pass-catching th- third option in Javon League. So I'm really curious, maybe more than anything, to see how, the Argos employ this three-headed monster they have all of a sudden.
0: There are parallels for Andrew Harris with last season. He was after he got hurt in week 11, came yeah. back for the playoffs and was awesome in the yeah. playoffs. Yeah. He had over 200 yards rushing in the West final and gray cup combined. And this year, here he comes in having not played since week 10. He didn't have a, you know, a great season, 4.2 yards per carry is nothing really to, to ring home yeah. about that. If, if, I mean, that's the lowest he's had in a, in a single season in his career and he didn't score a touchdown, but this is a man we know in Winnipeg is just, you find anything and he becomes the most motivated player. He carries big <laughs> chips on his shoulder yeah. and wouldn't he love to get to the great cup and stick it to his former team?
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, I was asked that uh, by a station in another market yesterday. I was in Regina, you, you, the team that you guys love so much. And, you know, they were saying, what kind of story angle would that be if if you were to win and the Bombers were to win? And I'll say I I said I'll say to you what I said to them. It's like right now, that's probably so far off his radar because he's concerned about a this week and b how he's going to look and being physically and mentally ready. And, you know, I don't care which athlete you are. There's probably a little bit of a seed of doubt that's going to be there until you get hit for the first time. And so he's got all that going and oh yeah, uh, they had a baby this morning. So I would think that looking down the road is, is it, is it a potential? Is there a carrot there? I think Andrew just wants to go and go out and play well this week and win the game and then think about who they're playing, whether it's going to be Winnipeg or BC, it's going to be one of his former teams. So, you know, it, it really doesn't matter from that aspect though. Obviously there's, there's a hell of a lot more recency bias where for the great, a career he had especially toward the end with the back-to-backs out there with the bombers and you know uh, the way it ended wasn't the way that he wanted to go out but you know business is business and um, I'm sure that if there's any need for a motivate motivating tool or motivational tool uh, next week should that be the matchup and and we're fortunate enough to be Montreal then, uh then yeah then it'll come into play but right now I I don't think that's even you know remotely in the back of his brain.
0: What's your scouting report on the
1: opposition, the Alouettes? They run the ball exceptionally well. Uh, Trevor Harris gets rid of the ball in a hurry. Uh, There's no defense he hasn't seen. Um, They've got the best receiver in the CFL. Um, Their kicking game is solid. Their return game is outstanding. Uh, They're a little banged up defensively, so I'm curious to see how uh, everything works for them on that side of the football. But offensively, they're a machine... uh, you know they've got a three-headed running back monster as well that looks really good, and Fletcher just gets better and better every game, and standback's healthy again, and uh, just they've got everything going in the right direction. So if 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 Trevor gets time and and can get rid of that football, uh, they're going to be a tough out. And you know I I think our defense is up to the task. Uh, we led the CFL in interceptions quite handily this year. I think we had twenty eight or twenty nine. Um, so it's a ball-hawking defense, and I'm sure they're going to go after Trevor, and I'm curious, again, on that side of the football to see how it matches up and just how much pressure uh, Corey Mace, our defensive coordinator, is going to employ because it's, it's it's these chess games you know, in, in playoff action where teams know each other really well and are trying to do something a little bit different or a lot different and still stay within their comfort level. That's Both teams doing that. That's why I love this sport. It's just it's watching the game within the game.
0: I feel like it's going to be a low-scoring game. Do you? Uh,
1: I don't know. Like I just, I've got that knack of really being wrong on scores. Like I'll, I might pick the right okay. team, and I might think either blowout, or I might think, uh, you know, close game. But you know, I'll go into a game and think, oh man, I, I don't see this being anything less than thirty-two twenty-nine, and it turns out to be eighteen seventeen, or vice versa. Um, so I don't, I don't know. Like if I could see both teams. You know, scoring on a lot of possessions, but if this, if these are offenses that are going to run a lot and kind of plod their way down the field, taking up you know lengthy chunks on drives, then it might be a lower scoring game, even though the team might be in scoring position a lot, uh, just because the the drives might take a, a long time. But with that being said, you know, watch Geno Lewis and and Devaris Daniels go off for 150 yards each and four touchdowns. I just I can't figure it out. I just I assume it's going to be a really tight game. Uh, probably decided in the last minute and a half. That's that's just the way my gut tells me that these teams are fairly evenly matched up. I think it
0: should be close too. And I mean, I don't have to tell you, but if if it's field goals that it's going to be lower scoring than touchdown, and boy, the Argos, they didn't get a touchdown in these final last year. Six yeah. field goals in a single, and had you just... to
1: bring that up, didn't you? Had to, well, had to go it... there, did?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's documented history, Mike. You can't oh, ignore I
1: know. it. Uh, you picked the scab off the wound, nice guy.
0: No, but they—that's you know—I know, I, I know yeah, no. that they're—they're they're aware of that a lot of the players that are still here this year were on that team, and I'm sure would like to make amends.
1: Yeah, oh, I agree, hundred percent. And you know, last year there were two golden opportunities. One that uh, you know, Jaguar Davis, playing defensive end, uh, went and 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 followed a running back on a on a wheel route and turned around and made a a play, looking back at the football. Here's two hundred and sixty pounds of love. Uh, making one of the best plays I've ever seen in a playoff game, and then uh, a missed block on a quarterback uh, draw that, you know, a guy should have been able to walk into the end zone. Those are two touchdowns that would have put the game away and didn't get them. And everybody to a man knows that's got to change. And that's one of the reasons the Argos wanted to go out and get Andrew Harris. He can be a closer. Uh, You mentioned earlier, somewhat bizarrely, he didn't score a touchdown in his half season with the Argos. Uh, Boy, what a time for him to break out and score one or two, huh?
0: Absolutely. So I imagine you're going to predict an Argonauts win, but I'll, I'll get you out of here on this. What is the biggest advantage Toronto has on Sunday over the Alouettes?
1: Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I I think if you go man to man and make a comparison at every position, I think, our, I think we're a better team. And I don't say that disparagingly to Montreal at all. They've got a really good team. I just, I'm confident enough in saying ours is better. I think we have a better chance of creating turnovers than they do. And I know it's a cliche that if you win the turnover battle, you win the game. But that's part of the reason Corey Mace's philosophy is what it is. And Josh Bell, our defensive backs coach, who gets on his players, if they go up with one hand to try and knock the ball away, he gets upset because he wants them to go up with two and go for the interception. And he's told his players, if you go up for the ball with two hands and are a little short and it goes for a touchdown, I'll take 100% of the blame on that. He wants his guys to be aggressive, and I think that's one of the reasons I think this team's in a really good position uh, to move forward in the playoffs.
0: Mike, appreciate your time tonight. Thanks for this, and have fun calling the game on Sunday. Uh, I will, and you enjoy the
1: Yates Cup as well.
0: Thank you very much, Mike Hogan. He is the voice of the Argos. Let's go back to the CFL and the West final as we continue previewing things now with Julio Caravada radio analyst of the Lions. Julio, how are the Lions feeling about their chances to make the great Cup right now?
2: Well, I mean I would have to think that they feel, you know, that they they, you know, they, they have a very good chance. You know, um I think that was a big win for them obviously at home against a very good team in Calgary. Um so they just hope I'm sure to build on that whole right? They 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 played a very good football game. Um, you know, in all aspects and um they, they i'm sure that their their confidence is high but um you know let's not let's not kid anybody you know i mean the the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are um they've been the the class of the league for the last few years and um they're playing at home they're a very good team and it's a it's going to be a very very tough battle for the Lions but uh um you know i know that they're excited about the opportunity to play
0: what are your biggest takeaways from the west semifinal win
2: Um, I think my biggest takeaway was their ability to run the ball. Uh, I think that was, that was, a a, you know, I think every, all the talk going into the game was about Calgary's running game. So I think for them to have been able to run the ball as effectively as they did was, was obviously, uh, um, you know, a very, very key part of the game and, and also their ability on, on defense to. You know, the the thing about it, looking back on it, which really kind of surprises me now was, you know, Calgary was the number one rushing team in the league. They only, they only rushed the ball with Carey and Mills 10 times. I think Kadeem Carey had eight carries and Mills had two. So, you know, their ability on defense to take them either out of that part of their game plan because of what they were looking at or, or what they were doing up front. Um, But I thought defensively, you know, the Lions did a very good job of, uh, of, um, you know, stop the run and, and keeping them in, in, uh, in second and long scenarios. And, um, you know, they, they held them basically the field goals uh, for the most part. So, uh, you know, they, they, they did a really good job on defense as well. So, uh, you know, and I thought Nathan, you know, was, was very good. You know, he wasn't spectacular, but he made the throws when he needed to make the throws. And, um, I know that he probably feels a little bit better going into this week again, with more time practicing, He's going to get more and more comfortable with uh, with playing back there, as you know, as he did at the beginning part of the year.
0: Do you think he'll have to be spectacular in Winnipeg for the Lions to win? Well, I think anytime you
2: play a team like Winnipeg, you mean, you're going to have to be very good, you know. And I mean, you know, I'm not, you know, it doesn't take it doesn't take yeah, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure that out, right? You mean, you, you you're talking about you got to you got to be able to control the line of scrimmage. You got to be able to limit mistakes. That's a big part. You got to stay out of negative place. You can't give the Winnipeg Blue Bombers second chances. Um, and uh, you know, if you can play a clean game, then you have a chance, right? Uh, but that's something that that Winnipeg has been able to do consistently for the last few years, right? They're a complete team that don't usually don't hurt themselves. And you know, you throw in the fact that they've got you know the the most valuable player in, in 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 Zach Caleros, right? Like he's he's been a guy that's really hurt the Lions. Um, his ability to get out of the pocket and make things happen when um, plays break down uh, has been has been really the difference um, for them. So uh, that's going to be a huge challenge for the Lions just to try to control him and, and and keep him in the pocket because he is so very very good when he gets out of there.
0: Normally, if you've got a team facing off for the third time in five weeks, you'd say, oh, they're so familiar with each other. They know everything that the other will do. But it's been re- weird, isn't it, that this, they've had this yeah. frequency of meetings, but I'm not sure there's anything from the last couple of games that you can really use on Sunday.
2: Yeah, that's that's. you know, it's funny. I was thinking about that today. Really, the only really true indicator was that that early game. These last couple of games have really been – um, you know, for this time of the year, you know, the, the Winnipeg didn't have any to play when they came out here. Uh, and you know, that last game, uh, there was, again, there was a whole bunch of people who, you know, they didn't play Caleros for three quarters and, you know, Nathan Rourke only played for one quarter and a bunch of guys had taken some time off. And i am sure both teams, you know, at that point knew where they were going to be in the playoffs and didn't want to show anything. So, um, yeah, I, I really I, I don't think you can really take anything out of the last couple of weeks uh, or last couple of games. So, you know, given what we saw at the beginning of the year, and I know both teams are different now, but, um, you know, Winnipeg has, uh, you know, has really kind of stuck it to the lines, Right. And they and, and you know, they've, they've played well. So the line, as I said, the lines are going to have to be very, very good. Um, all the way around in order to beat them, and and as it should be, right? At this time of the year, you know, all the teams are good. Um, They deserve to be where they are, and you need to play your best football in order to move on.
0: Do you think the weather matters? Uh, Obviously, the (laughs) West Final being played in Winnipeg, it's mid-November. The forecast calls for a fairly clear sky, but it's going to be minus seven or so. Does that matter? Does that have an impact on this game? Well, you know, I think, you know, sometimes it does.
2: I think, you know, I I think I read that, you know, Adam Bighill, you know, talked about this, about the the weather and um, it's, 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 it's very much mental. And I will say this for Vancouver at this time of the year, I was at practice today. We're hovering right around um, two, three degrees. And at night, which here is unusual, but it hasn't been like it has been in years past where you'd say it's like 10 or 11 degrees during the day. And you know, it's not, it's, we are going through a little bit of an unusual cold spell. So, or cold for here. So I think it's giving the the players a little bit of a, of an indicator on what um, it's going to be like to me. The biggest part of this is the wind. If the wind isn't a factor, then the minus five minus six. I don't think that really matters to the players. I think when you start running around, you're going to be fine, but it's when it starts to, when you're, when you've got minus five and all of a sudden the wind is blowing 25, 30 kilometers an hour. And now you're talking about, you know, now you're talking about getting to minus 12, minus 15. That's when it can be a a much bigger factor. But I think if the wind stays down, um, I don't know whether or not the weather is going to be a concern.
0: The fact that Rourke's foot isn't maybe a hundred percent—that doesn't—that isn't a factor when it's minus six, minus seven. He's gonna be fine.
2: Well, you mean that's—you
0: <laughs> know what—I'm um, sure that that's something that
2: uh, uh, you know. Here's the thing: is is Nathan Rourke a hundred percent? No, um, and he's not even gonna give you—he's not even give you a percentage. Um, I've asked him; he's not gonna answer that question. But I think you could probably say that about a lot of guys that they're not playing at a hundred percent. And so, um, you know, is he going to be able to do everything that he needs to do? Like he proved on Sunday that he, you know, at, uh, at, at less than a hundred percent, he's still able to, you know, make reads and throw the football. Uh, I think probably his scrambling ability is probably more limited, but still he's a guy that reads the defense very quickly, gets rid of the football. I don't think that is going to change uh, on Sunday. Um, so I think, Will the cold weather hurt his foot? I'm sure it's probably not going to be ideal, but I think with adrenaline and you know it's it's the West final. I think that's going to that's going to carry itself um, with a lot of these players and get them through the game, and they'll worry about uh, dealing with injuries afterwards. But um, as far as the game goes, I would imagine that that all these guys are 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 playing a little nicked up, and the cold's not going to help them, but it's not going to it's not. I don't think it's going to prevent them from you know from from
0: laying it on the line for the BC Lions to win on Sunday what has to happen
2: uh they got to be able to they've got to be able to limit mistakes right uh, i think one of the things that they were able to do against Calgary was they were very very disciplined i think they only had like two maybe three penalties um and what you can't do against you know again against very good teams is you can't put yourself in negative situations, right? You you can't you can't be taking an offside penalty on first down to be first and fifteen. You can't be second and three and and then you know take a holding penalty and move yourself to second and thirteen. You can't take sacks. Um, you got to be you got to be disciplined and you got to be smart. And you know when you when you get to these scenarios you're talking about probably four or five, six plays that are going to be the difference between winning and losing. And usually those are turnovers and they're, and they're, um, you know, big plays, big explosive plays. So you, you have to limit those kinds of scenarios, right? You have to limit the big, big explosive plays. You can't, you can't allow a return. You can't, all those things. So I think the lions, you know, they, they have to be almost perfect to play and win. And, um, but I don't think you uh, I mean anybody that, that that gets to this point is is can play a sloppy game and expect to advance. Um, you know, so uh, that's that's what I'm going to be looking for is, is a team that kind of hurts themselves with mistakes and takes themselves out of field position with penalties and all those kinds of things that really really hurt you uh, in the end.
0: Just three penalties for 28 yards in that West semifinal win. Yeah. So if you're looking, well, what 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 is... go ahead.
2: Sorry, I was just going to say, I think that when the Lions were there two weeks ago, and I know it was a mean nothing game, I think Winnipeg had two penalties, right? Like, and they were like, you know, I think they were two penalties for 10 yards or something along those lines. So those are, those are critical like plays that take, they, you cannot give up a yard. like, I, I'm, And I, I know that's exaggerating the point, but you just, you can't give up field position and you, you just can't take yourself out of field position. Um, with mistakes. That's what's really going to hurt you.
0: Yeah, two penalties for nine yards for the Bombers uh, in that game. Yeah. Uh, before I let you go, if I were to ask you to put a percentage on it, the percentage odds you think of the Lions winning on Sunday, what would it be?
2: <laughs> wow, that's that's a tough, tough question. I know. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> you know I mean? I, I, I think there's, there's, there's got a, a good chance I would imagine that as it is right now, you know, you, you, you would people would probably have the Winnipeg Blue bombers favored by quite a bit. I, I, know I give the Lions a, a decent chance. You know, I, I think that uh, they're they're relatively healthy. I think their quarterback is you know is is healthy enough that he can have an impact on this game. And um, you know, I'm, I, I you know, I'm going to give them a fifty fifty chance. I really do. I think that if they play a good game, that uh, they're going to have a chance to, to to take take home a victory.
0: Well, hopefully it's a great game either way. I know fans in this market would like the blue bombers to win obviously and go for the great cup, but I think either way, we got a good storyline coming out of the West. You either have a team going for the first three Pete in 40 years, or you've got a Canadian quarterback starting in the great cup.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You're right. There's, there, there's going to be good, great storylines either way. But uh, as you said, I I really, really think that, uh, um, this is going to be a really good football game and, uh, Um, As I said, I'm really, really looking forward to, to how this thing goes down because I think it's going to be really, really entertaining.
0: All right, I'll let you go. Julio, thanks for your time tonight. Appreciate it. Safe travels to Winnipeg, and we'll see you at the game on Sunday.
2: Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it.
0: Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m., of course. That is when the Jets are not playing, because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell. Until we meet again. You
1: may not
2: share our intellect, which might